we're gonna do stuff out of order. So, dude, I'm out of breath. Dylan, what's your problem, man? Come on. No, I'm just kidding. That was good. That was good. Oh man. Hey, no, that was fun. We're gonna do stuff a little out of order tonight. We're actually gonna do uh, we're gonna do teaching in small groups up top, and then we're gonna do worship afterwards tonight. So, a little bit of a switch up. But uh, I'm seriously out of breath. That's ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> Don't call me up for games. Mental prep over there. No. <laughs> hey, uh, no, a couple of big announcements. Uh, first off, welcome back. What's up, y'all? Man, really missed y'all over Christmas and New Year's and, uh, and uh, the last couple of weeks with all the sickness that's been going around. So thank y'all for your prayers for our family. Uh, we're doing better. Thanks for having me back here in God's house to learn more about him and worship him. A uh, couple of big things coming up, all right? Big, big stuff coming up. How many of you have signed up for the weekend? Yeah, yeah, a couple of y'all. I do not see near enough hands right now. How many of y'all signed up for the weekend? If your hand's not raised, I want you to go home tonight, tell your mom and dad, hey, I want to go to the weekend, February 11th through the 13th. There's no overnight stays. It's just Friday night, all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning. But go home tonight, tell your parents you want to go. We've got a video of last year's. I want to show it to y'all just so you remember the awesomeness that is the week. did not. That thing was tall. That thing was really tall. Hey, no, if you went to the weekend last year, man, I know y'all had a blast. It was a lot of fun. So this year is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a guest worship band again. We're going to have a a guest speaker that's coming in, uh, does a lot of major youth camps and revivals all around the country. Super excited to have him come and teach y'all for the weekend. Uh, We're going to have inflatables. We're going to have pizza. We're going to have free Chick-fil-A. We're going to have... what was the other? A silent disco. How many of y'all have ever done silent disco before? Those things are amazing. We're going to do one of those on Saturday night. Uh, man, we've got another service project where we're going to be feeding people that don't have food. We're going to be shelling out food to people uh, that really need it. And so, man, we're going to have an absolute blast. Make sure that you go home. And I want to, I want to have more of y'all than the other church has of their group. A little bit of a competition. The other youth pastor doesn't know that. But I want to see more of y'all than they bring of them. So, uh, make sure that y'all go home, sign up for that this week, get it rolling uh, so that we can jump into that. Uh, high school girl, some of y'all are in here. Raise your hand for your high school girl. Sweet. Um, no. Uh, the, directly after the weekend, so one week after the weekend, this is where it gets confusing. A weekend, a week after the weekend, literally like five days later, we've got a high school girls conference that we're going to in Fort Worth. Cost free. All you got to do is sign up. 
You don't pay anything out of, whatever, anything out of pocket. I'm still out of breath. Dang it, Dylan. Um, <laughs> no, for real, high school, big, huge worship sessions, uh, giveaways, all kinds of really incredible stuff. Uh, it is for high school girls only, so ninth grade through 12th grade. Uh, all you have to do, we have a little sign-up link on the parent email, or come by and ask me, and I'll give you that sign-up link. All you have to do is sign up and go. We'll drive you to Fort Worth and back each day. Uh, cost for the ticket is completely free. It's completely on the student ministry. Uh, but I would love all of our high school girls to go to this because we've been trying to go to this for three years, and COVID keeps canceling it over and over and over. And this year, they're finally having it, uh, and it's going to be absolutely incredible. Some of these speakers are just phenomenal. So if you're a high school girl, sign up for this. If you're anybody in this room, sign up for the weekend, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, all right, how many of you brought your Bibles tonight? All right, grab them out. Grab them out. We're going to jump in and jump in tonight. Uh, I need a couple of volunteers. Give me two volunteers. All right, you two. Come on. All right. So you're going to get this little note card. Don't lose it. Keep this note card. Put it in your Bible. This will come in handy as we go through uh, this new series. Like I said, it's good to be with y'all. I'm excited. Brand new year. Uh, kind of rolling into what we've got planned for this year. Um, we've got... Uh, man, we've got a brand new series that we're going to be jumping into tonight. Uh, this is something that has been months in planning, um, something I've been very uh, excited and passionate about wanting to do with y'all for a while now, and, uh, and I couldn't think of a better time to do it than the start of the new year. So um, what we're going to be doing, sweet, thanks man, um, what we're going to be doing is this new series um, called Catechism. How many of y'all have ever heard of the word catechism before? Yeah? How many, what is it? Somebody get, shout me out a definition. You don't know? No, no. Close. What it re- basically means, right? Um, <laughs> where is it? Somewhere in here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, catechism. It, all it means is it's basically a summary of Christian principles, right? It's a summary of what you believe as a Christian. So, it basically informs you as to what your faith is talking about, right? And the f- way it is formatted is a question and answer because it makes those things easier to remember. So if you look at your note card, on the front of it, there is a question. And on the back of it, there is an answer and then a scripture passage that supports that answer. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through this new series called Catechism. And what we're going to be doing is, man, we're taking it back to very foundational Christian faith, foundational Christian beliefs, and we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean you are able to answer those things? We're going to be uh, hitting questions like, who is God? Uh, What is the Trinity? Why did God create us? What is sin? Why did Jesus have to die to save me from my sin? And there's actually like 52 different questions in this uh, this book that we're going to be working from called Catechism. Uh, We're not going to hit all 52 right off the bat because that's like a straight year of doing this. And so what we're going to do is we're going to hit five or six questions at a time, and then we're going to kind of bounce around to a different series. We'll, we'll tackle for the next five weeks a couple of questions, and then we'll jump into another series or two, and then we'll jump back in and we'll do five or six more questions. So um, the reason this has been months in planning is because this is really going to take like two, two and a half years for us to get all the way through it. So if you're a senior and you're graduating this summer, come hit me up. I'll get you the book that answers all the other questions that you won't get to hear before you graduate and go off to college. But really and truly, this is probably going to take on, uh, on what it means to be a Christ follower. What does it mean 
to be a Christian? What does our faith really look like? Uh, and so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a, a question that's on your card, and we'll throw it up on the screen as well. Tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a question that says, what is our only hope in life and death? If you're taking notes, write that in your notebook. I know it's on your note card. Write it in your notebook. Take it down on your phone. Take a picture on your phone. Um, because the goal is, as we go through this series and we answer all these questions, I want you to collect these note cards so that at the end of it, uh, at the end of our time that we've gone through it all, you have a stack of note cards that basically outlines everything about your faith so that you can look at them, that you can study them. And when somebody asks you, what does it mean to be a Christian? You can answer those questions and you can tell your friends about Jesus. What is our only hope in life and death? We're going to be talking a lot about hope tonight. Um, so I want you to look at, these, uh, look at these quotes, and I want you to tell me if you recognize these quotes. So the first one, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. What movie is that from? Star Wars. Bon- bonus points if you can, what, uh, what Star Wars movie? Rise of the, no. The first one, what's it called? Uh, A New Hope, there you go, Star Wars A New Hope. All right, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. All right, next one. Fear can hold you prisoner, but hope can set you free. Does anybody know that quote? What movie is that from? No. It's from a movie. It's from an actual movie. Fear can hold you prisoner, hope can set you free. Good guess, but no. <laughs> Redemption. How many of you? Yeah. The adults in the back. Yeah. All right. How many of y'all have seen Shawshank Redemption? Wait till you're 18 and then ask your mom and dad if it's okay for you to watch it, and then you can watch it. So, uh, no. <laughs> uh, it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I like it. I like it. Uh, it's what happens when you do bad stuff and you go to jail. That's what it's about. Uh, no, okay, so the last quote. Uh, Hope is like your car keys. Easy to lose, but if you dig around, it's usually close by. Wally. <laughs> no. Fair guess, but no. Not The Matrix. Definitely not Wally. Sorry. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. That's the best I can do. Anybody? Hope is like your car keys, easy to lose, but if you dig around, it's usually close by. It's a superhero movie. Boom. Yes. Man of Steel, Superman. Superman, hope is like your car keys, easy to lose. But if you dig around, it's usually close by. So, yeah, that is from uh, Superman, Man of Steel. Good, good call. Awesome, awesome. All right, so if these quotes tell us anything, and I, like I Googled this week, like movie quotes about hope, I can't tell you how many results popped up after that. There are so many different movie quotes Uh, inspirational quotes, all of these different things talking about hope and what hope can do for your life. And so it tells me that hope is such a prevalent theme in our society, in our life, in movies, in stories that we tell, in life in general, because everyone is built with this built-in desire for hoping for the into us, Um, to, to have this desire to have and want something better than what we have right now. And y'all, that is because we were created for something better than what this life has to offer us. So this week, like I said, we are going to talk about hope 
And we're going to talk about the one source of true hope that we have for each and every one of our lives. So turn over to Romans in your Bible, the book of Romans. It's in the New Testament. You can just search for it if you've got the little Bible app. Uh, Romans, it starts with an R, O-M-A-N-S, Romans. Yeah, okay, no, okay. Uh, Romans chapter 14. It is also on the back of your card, but we're going to read more than what's on the back of your card. So uh, if you don't have a Bible, it'll also be up on the screen. Romans chapter 14, uh, we're going to start off in verse 7 tonight. It says, For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone, or die we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister, or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is, risen, it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Y'all pray with me real quick, and then we'll jump into this passage. God, I come before you tonight, and I thank you for bringing us back into this place, God. God, I pray, I thank you for health and safety, for bringing us all back, uh, God, healthy from the holidays. And I pray uh, for safety and for health as we go from this place today, God, that you would continue to protect our families, God, from sickness, uh, from disease. God, protect us from anxiety and fear uh, and dissension and, and all of the things that seem to just be floating so prevalently in our world, God. God, I pray that you would protect these students' hearts, to focus on you, to focus for our lives. And as we talk tonight, God, I pray that these would be your words, not my words, God, that we would be able to pull truth, God, from your words, from your Bible, and that we would leave this place better than what we came in. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so who wrote the book of Romans? Paul, exactly. Yeah, good call. Um, yeah, like we talked about many times before, we talked about Paul a lot, mostly because he wrote almost all of your New Testament. He wrote a huge chunk of these books and these letters. Uh, and and who, is he, who is he writing these letters to? Churches, yeah. Baby churches, essentially, right? Jesus has just died on the cross. He's come back to life. He's gone to heaven, and he's given his disciples uh, and the apostles these, these, this task of going out and furthering the message of Jesus, furthering uh, the gospel of Christianity, especially in Rome, there was a lot of ideas floating around about what Christianity should be, right? Or what church should look like, right? Does that sound familiar to what we live in our society today? There's a lot of ideas and opinions about what our faith should be, what our faith should say, the way our churches should meet, and the things that our churches should be about. There's so many opinions and things floating around, uh, and man, the early church was facing the exact same kind of stuff, if not worse, um, back then in the early days of the church. Uh, and so Paul is writing this letter uh, to the Romans to kind of spur on their faith, to encourage them to show them, hey, this is what Christianity is. This is what the message of the gospel, this is what the message of Jesus actually is and what you need to live your life by. And so he's writing this uh, part of Romans and kind of explaining to churchgoers, you know, this is how you love uh, the other people that are around you and ultimately uh, explaining to them what does it mean and what does it look like to be a Christ follower. And so one of the issues that Paul begins addressing here uh, is that just as in our day, um, people believe that their lives are their own, that they get to call the shots on their life, that they get to decide what they do for a living, the way they live their lives, the things that bring them pleasure, they get to follow their own set of rules, right? 
Stop me when you've heard this sentence before. My body, my choice. My truth over your truth. My happiness is the most important thing, right? Living my best life. How many of, those, how many of y'all have heard those kinds of sentences before? Yeah, they're rampant in our society. But what Paul is trying to say here, uh, even though we hear these phrases so regularly, they're not true. Because ultimately, you are not your own, right? And I know that kind of sounds a little weird, right? Like, what do you mean I'm not my own? Let me explain what I'm kind of talking about a little bit. Um, And in this life, you belong to one thing or another, right? Essentially, you are serving one thing or another. And we've talked about this before. You can either be a slave to sin in this life, or you can be a servant to the God who loves you and adopts you into his family, right? We talked about this before. If you're living apart from God, apart from the relationship with Jesus, your life is a slave to the sin that is in your life. All the junk that pulls you away from God, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, you are living as a slave to the things of this world. We are ultimately working towards our own death. We've talked about it in Romans before, but the wages of sin is death. If you are a slave to your sin, you are working towards your own demise, your own death. But when we put our hope and our trust in Jesus, if we are living for Jesus, if we are giving him our life and our faith, you are no longer a slave from that slavery to your sin and slavery to this world, and you become a child of God. God adopts you and me into his family, and he gives us that hope and that freedom that we also desperately need. Through Jesus on the cross, he counts us as one of his own, as part of his family. And so when I say that you belong to God, that you belong to something, at some point or another, you are serving a master in your life. Are you serving the junk and the sin that wants to pull you away from a glorious relationship with God? Or are you serving the God that so desperately loves you that he literally gave everything to have a relationship with you? Paul then goes on um, to write, uh, in, in the second part of the, uh, the passage and says that everyone is going to stand before God's judgment. Everyone is going to have to stand in front of God. It's the point by our relationship with Jesus or you get there and you realize that you have completely missed the mark on your life. God goes and says in the passage, these are God's words. This isn't Paul talking. God says, every knee will bow before me. And every tongue will confess. When you get in front of God, there is no more denying who God is. You can't deny God when you're sitting right in front of him. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that God is God. Everyone will understand in that moment that Jesus is God and that his salvation is real. And how desperately each and every single one of us needed it. Everyone has to account for the choices that you made in your life. The key difference is, did you acknowledge Jesus in this life? Did you begin a relationship with Jesus? Did you give everything you have over to a relationship and a life following after who Jesus is and who he has created you to be? Now, there is no more options. There is no more opportunity to give your life to Christ and be separated from God for all eternity. Y'all, Jesus already paid the price. That's the cool thing. I know this is heavy stuff, right? Like, I can see it on your faces. You're like, oh, man, I'm depressed now. This is lame, right? But this is the best part of the story. Jesus already paid it. 
That's the best part. Like we can be excited and happy and overjoyed and full of hope and, and cheer and, and whatever other adverb or adjective, whatever you want to use. Because it's been a long time since I was in school. Uh, Jesus already paid the price, y'all. Jesus already gave over everything that you and I needed to have a relationship with God and to spend eternity with God. He already paid the price so that when you get to that moment and you are on your knees before God and you are having to account for every decision and every choice and every path that you take, Jesus is standing there with you saying, hey, that one right there, that one's mine. He's had a relationship with me. He chose me. I'm with her. They're with me. Let them in the gates, right? Jesus has already paid the price so that we can be accepted by God. And the cool thing is, it doesn't take very much for us to start that relationship with Jesus. All we have to do is ask it and receive it. We have to ask for Jesus' forgiveness. We have to ask for him to start that relationship with us. And then we need to receive him into our lives. And we need to learn to live for him and not for ourselves or for this world. You know, everybody is going to have to go through this at some point in their life. When it is all said and done for you, whenever that is, whether it's tomorrow or whether that's 8,000 years in the future when you're like waking up out of cryo sleep. And I spent a lot of time watching Netflix over COVID, so like I'm sci-fi'd out right now. But like whatever time it is that you go, it will be that you are in front of God. You're gonna have to make you're gonna have to make that decision now. Are you gonna live for Christ? Are you gonna live the life that Jesus has set apart for you? Or are you gonna chance living apart from God for the rest of eternity? Y'all don't ignore who Jesus is. Don't ignore how much you need him in this life. Don't get to that moment where you're on your knees in front of God and see Jesus turn his back on you. Man, when I get there, I want Jesus to look at me and I want him to grab my hand and I want him to lead me through the gates and say, this one's mine. Don't get there and not have that security, not have that salvation, not have that debt paid for you. Y'all, we started with this question, and this is the question we're going to talk about in small groups in here in just a minute um, on what it is. Jesus. Jesus is your only hope in life and death. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's on your card as well. We are not our own, but belong body and soul, both life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what your hope is in this life? Is that you have a God that created you. Is that you have a God that loves you. You have a God that wants nothing more than to have a relationship with you through Jesus. You have a God that paved a path so that you can get over the junk of this life, the hurt, the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the shame, the guilt, the sin, the, the bad, all of the stuff that tries to keep us away from God. You have a God that erased all of that through Jesus so that you have direct access back to him. What is our hope in this life? You have a Savior that gave everything to die on the cross and come back to life, that we are adopted into God's family and that we belong not to ourselves, not to this world, not to any other person or thing or place or, or attitude or disease, but we belong to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
We are not our own, but we belong body and soul, both life and death to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Y'all, hear me when I say this. If you haven't been listening at all tonight, hear me when I say this. Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and I to be set free. Jesus already paid that price so that we could be considered a part of God's family, so that we could be co-heirs of Christ, so that he could give us the same life that he won by beating death. It's important for us to remember where our hope lies, not in the, the things of this world or the false sense of hope that we get. Your hope is that you have a Savior and a God that loves you and paid everything it took to have a relationship with you. Our hope lies in the truth that never changes, that Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves your friends, and he loves your family, and he loves the creepy guy down the street, and he loves the lunch lady at school, and he loves the dude at Chick-fil-A slinging nuggets. Everybody loves that dude. But, y'all, Jesus loves you. That truth will never change. Take hope in that. Be excited about that. Y'all, and hear me when I say this, don't ignore that. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Don't ever ignore that. 